0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town. Although, in that case, one earphone only. Safety kids. Safety kids.
1: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end
0: Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here. Logan Paulson there reviewing more less than super fun take looking. 45 forty five fifteen. Of course, was the final score between Washington and Miami. And we're gonna we're gonna double click on a couple of bigger topics today as opposed to doing like, oh hey, here's how everybody played. Let's get through it all. I wanna talk about Sam Howell's progression slash we wanna talk about Sam Howell's progression. And we wanna talk about I think what is the biggest topic this week, which is Terry McLaren's lack of productions. Three targets, zero catches. Lots of cardio. Uh, we will get into the defense a little bit at the end as well. But I, I think the big question I have for this offense, Logan, is like, is it regressing? Forget, is it progressing? Obviously, production wise, it's going nowhere. But is it? We expected it to get better as the year went. Young quarterback who's getting more experience, play caller learning his weapons, and and the weapons learning the offense. O line has been relatively healthy since the two changes uh, earlier in the year, so theory, theoretically they should be coalescing and, and getting stronger week in week out. And it just feels like, at the very least, they're staying neutral, if not regressing in totality. So when you watch, you flip on the tape, like, what do you see?
1: Well, I think it's just important to kind of remember that. They played really good defenses the last two weeks and say what you want about Miami. I think that defense has been getting better each and every week, especially since the addition of Jalen Ramsey and they, the coverage guys in the back end seem to really have a good understanding of what they're doing from a man match standpoint. And so as that group's been playing better and plus they've got Vic Fangio and we talked about this on the pregame show, and we probably should have emphasized it more in terms of Sam's development, but. What I will say is Vic Fangio's kind of in that same category, probably a little bit held in higher esteem than like Wink Martindale. And Wink Martindale's a guy that everyone thinks is a super bright dude. And I think Vic is even kind of that next step. He's the father of defense in the NFL as it's played today. And so I think you can tell this defense is really well coached. They had a really good plan. And when you come into a game and the defense is planned and schemed up this way and you don't have answers versus some of the stuff they're doing, like you're going to look bad. And I think it's the same thing versus um, versus Dallas. Like Dallas was a team that because of how they rushed the passer, were going to be problematic. And so if game flow got out of hand or Sam had to throw the ball a ton, it was going to be tough. And I do think they did some good stuff throwing the ball in that Dallas game. But I think this game is just like a more disciplined coverage structure and, a, and a, honestly a, a rush plan that was really well executed. So um to me because of the two opponents it makes sense that there is a little bit of a regression but i also think this is a, these are good data points for sam especially in this game and we're going to talk about some of this stuff in more detail in a second but you know just some of his flaws like when when the pressure's turned all the way up you kind of get to see what what limitations a player has or where, where they need to develop but i thought this game really showed that in addition to like it's not just sam it's the offensive line oh, struggled yeah. the receiver struggled Everybody had a tough day. But if you're talking about Sam being the guy, there are some things in this film that you're like, it'd be nice if you could make this play. I'm not saying he should make this play or that I'm expecting him to make it's this play. It's a plus. Play.
0: It's not expected.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I think when there are system wide failures, though, you have to look at the system. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously, like this Andy Reid West Coast system works. Um, you know, look at the rings, look at all the production league wide of, of variations of it. Uh, from what Doug Peterson does to what Reed does to some of the huge games they've had here to all the other places. You know, obviously it's it's a cousin of what Kyle and, and that whole tree does in this West Coast uh, system. But how you implement it, how you put it out there each and every week, obviously is based on the coordinator and and kind of based off of of the team's plan of how they implement it. I mean, to an extent, Miami uh, runs a similar system. Like they yeah. run, you know, we're going to look at some of the, some of these plays in detail in a second and there are counter examples in this game where Miami runs the same exact play and how they are able to execute it is the difference, but it's also how it's detailed up and how um, not just detailed up from the players say, knowing the exact landmarks are supposed to hit the timing, the rhythm, you know, getting the alignments and the splits, right? Like all these little things, but it's, Hey, let's tweak the protection a little bit to make sure that we have time. Let's, let's give, uh, our offensive line and our quarterback uh, a few more answers potentially and I think that's the area where I'm, I'm really frustrated with this offense systemically is we watch teams week after week good football teams but you got to beat good football teams if you want to be good um, right. good football teams easily match up with what Washington is doing and the, like the pick six is a great example too not like super zone matched obviously it's a screen but yeah. Van Ginkle knows that's coming and I yeah. think the predictability of this offense is is a big problem, and we're seeing the ramifications of that. And it hasn't grown and evolved throughout the year in the way that we were expecting it to, and that's why it has stagnated uh, on top of the the opposition.
1: Yeah, and I think to to kind of you know just kind of point out another element here is like as a play caller, you're you're hoping players elevate the call. I think there is an element of that too, right? There's a there's an opportunity to say, hey. We have Terry, we have Logan Thomas, we have Jahan Dotson. They should be able to elevate and execute this concept. And I think so. There's an element of predictability, but there's also an element of guys not elevating. And I think they, they kind of go hand in hand. Like when you watch Miami in the prep, like they are very, they're acutely aware of the personnel that they have. And when you watch San Fran, it's the same thing. And we talked a lot about Miami having a weak offensive line and they go to extensive lengths to insulate that group. Extensive links. Extensive lengths to insulate them and it allows them these opportunities to maximize their playmakers and they have the best receiver in football who I'd say anybody in the league's gonna have a hard time covering right any defense and that's been true this year he's on a record-setting pace all those types of things but the the thing that sticks out to me is just the 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 hunger and the demand from the coordinator in Miami um Frank Smith uh, or Frank Stevens excuse me and um Mike McDaniel to just to understand that, hey, we can't do drop back passing all the time. Hey, what is Tua really excellent at? And you know, he's this excellent point guard who can distribute the football well with a quick release. Let's maximize that. And so, there's times where I'm like, EB, I like what he's doing conceptually. I like when you watch it, you're like, I see how he's trying to attack this defense. But is he? And and on paper, it should work, right? it's like it all should work. And there are times where guys are running open, but understanding that you don't have, that you have a A top 17 16 15 offensive line it's not the best offensive line in football you don't have patrick mahomes back there can we find wrinkles and nuance and ways to kind of elevate some of these guys in the concept i think it's kind of what you're alluding to but i do think yeah i do think ultimately like so that's part of it and it's also players like it's so funny you know mike mcdaniel said this and i think this is really good insight as much as I want to think it's about me and he's plays a big part in that offense, you know, very similar to like Kyle or Andy Reid, huge parts of the offense. He's like, it's about the players executing it and maximizing what we're calling. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so it's like, there is a little bit of both happening here. I would say.
0: Yeah. I think when you watch Miami, it's pretty clear that they understand how like you can do both, right? Like you can have a scheme that, like you can have great players, and you can have a scheme that elevates them. You don't yep. just have to be like, oh well, hey, let's just let's just get out the way and let these great players cook. Like let's let's dumb it down, make it super simple, and just let them win. It's like no. What if we took the things we do if we had lesser players, and we did it with great players? And right. the answer is historic. Um, and and you have to be able to co- coach it and teach it up, and um, you know all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like you watch Tyreek Hill line up as basically a tight end and then you know fly out of there with motion and get a running head start it's like of all the players in the league the last one who needs a running head start is Tyreek Hill and yeah. you don't know what they do give him a running head start anyway and you just don't see that stuff or you see you know and, and this is where I think if I'm Terry and we're going to talk about some some plays, we're going to we're going to take five plays and we're going to pull them up and watch them unfortunately we can't share the video with you on YouTube because copyright but uh, Logan and I are going to sit here and, and have it in front of us as we talk about it. And we'll tell you, uh, I'll, I'll even give out the NFL Game Pass timestamps if people, people want to pull up their own NFL Game Pass and follow along. But you're going to see like, yeah, there's times when Terry could do better. But if you watch Tyreek in this game, he's all over the place. Like, they toss him the ball a couple of times. You know, A-chain, uh, they, they give him, like, some funky toss plays on top of his regular running back reps. Like, they find ways to get their best players, their most dangerous players, the ball no matter what. And not that Terry's Tyreek in terms of skill set, that he can run a bunch of – like, he's not, he's not a quasi-running back um, in the way that, like, Curtis Samuel um, is. And, and I think you see occasionally – even in this game, like the the near touchdown, you see some of the old Tyreek KC stuff with Curtis. And I like that. Um, and I wish, honestly, they'd do some of that stuff more. I can't believe Curtis only has four carries on the year. That's not enough for me. Um, but I think you can, you know, jet pass or jet sweep uh, Terry to make sure he gets a touch, make sure that the ball winds up in his hands. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't think that they've done very well this year and not to mention finding stuff where he can win consistently and he's the first read, and, you know, at that point, the protection, and not that it doesn't matter at all, because we see some quick game in this game where protection still breaks down in that speed. But if you're the first reader, you're probably going to win on, like, a quick slant from the slot, then the protection matters a whole lot less. And that's the kind of stuff that we just haven't seen uh, in terms of taking advantage of 17, I think taking advantage of Jahan um, and... and that's undoubtedly hurt this offense because your best players aren't getting the ball.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I also just think it's important to point out, like we're drawing a comparison to Miami and like, I just think about the roster construction and how in terms yeah. of skill guys, they've gone and found a very specific type of athlete that fits what they do very acutely. So I, I think there's also something there. And, 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 you know, I think you could maybe make an argument that Eb's is still learning kind of how to, maximize these guys and like what they do well and you know but not I just cut you
0: off but like my question would be like what are you trying to learn at this point not that you can't keep learning as you go but like these games Rivera said something like this on Monday that like honestly I thought wasn't it. he I think he meant it as like just a statement of fact slash to an extended defense and I think it's pretty damning you know because the question was is Eric just running what he ran in Kansas City or is he trying to you know find out what works here and Ron was basically like we're still trying to figure that out yeah. when you're four and nine it's too late
1: but I, so I, I would push back on that a little bit and so what I what and again like it is too late it doesn't it doesn't do anything for this season but right. it's it's always evolving like with when you're with right. Kyle when you're with Sean when you're with Mike I'm assuming it's the same thing is the offense goes through these ebbs and flows and these evolutions and these regressions and the good coaches are the ones that are able to kind of predict where it's going to go, right? And I do think, like with a new play caller, that's one of the things you're going to run into is, is, is things have changed, right? This stuff used to work really well, just kind of running it straight, you know. And Sam Dealing, and that that's what worked really well for this group. What teams have obviously kind of seen it, they've adjusted. Now, where does that evolution come? And I do think that that that's important to recognize with a new play caller is that he's still learning that ebb and flow. Like he always had Andy Reid and that offensive staff and, and very familiar with those players there. And he understood, oh, well, this is kind of the adjustment. This is what defenses are going to do here. He's kind of laying his own path. And so you have to kind of think creatively and, <clears throat> and be a little bit self-critical. And, and I think the bye week's a great time for that and self scout and say, oh man, they're doing this different than I thought they would do, or we're not getting the same miles out of these four plays. So I think that's something that I understand what's Ron saying, and I know fans yeah, don't want to I, hear. I it. understand it. Yeah. I
0: I would just merely push back and say the difference between winning and losing in this league is how fast you do that. I've always thought that. This isn't I, to pick on Eric. No, like and, the good the good coaches within games and week to week do that stuff faster because the result is you get stuck in those ruts for longer if you don't. And you lose and at the end of the day while we care immensely about the process because over time good process leads to good results it is a results business like eventually you re- you get a big enough sample size that you are what your record says it doesn't mean you don't know football it doesn't mean like you know some of the the nasty things that people will say it just means the nfl standard is extremely high and you have to move quickly you have to anticipate uh, just like a quarterback you can't you you have to anticipate you can't wait till it's it's plainly obvious to everyone uh, because by then you've you've already experienced the result and the result is not going to be good for you
1: no and i don't think i just dis- i'm not disagreeing with yeah, that yeah, yeah. i'm just saying like eb's going at a, his own pace here and he's learning it's like the first time you did a radio show or the first time i played an nfl game like that experience is a data point and you realize like kind of what's going on and you grow from every experience and this is a And sometimes I I will say this in season for those people who aren't familiar with it, your face is so close to the goddamn thing. You're right on top of it that you can't even see like what's working and what's not working. So sometimes taking a step back and kind of saying, Oh man, like this isn't going as well as we thought, or we got to coach this, this screen different, or we got to get, we got to emphasize this more in the week or whatever it is. And that's, that's part of the process, man. I think that's also one of the negatives of having a late buy. Like it's, it's tough in the NFL to kind of do the, to, it is tough for a new play caller to grow and evolve, I think, and the good ones do it. You're right. Absolutely. But I yeah. think it's also okay to give him some grace and say, this is the first time he's done this independent well, of independent of Andy Reid, Right. Yeah. I and can, he, and I he can, can give him that grace anyway. and be like,
0: Hey, oh, uh, over time, like I hope, I hope it's, he gets another shot to be a full-time play caller and he learns from it and he's better a hundred percent. This is the unfortunate reality of this season here though, is like everybody's on a one-year deal. Yeah, you got a new I mean, owner, you got all that stuff. And, um I'm not saying you're advocating for like oh well hey well just f- flush all this and oh, Harris and whoever you hire they got to keep Eric Bieniemy because it was his first time and we have no. to be nice to him. And I know you're not saying that. And to be very clear to to the fans listening, Logan is not saying that. Right. Um it's just the reality of like I'm I'm evaluating it not so much as like EB's career arc. I'm evaluating it through the lens of this season, which is you had to be faster. You had to get your floor higher faster and then tweak off of that versus what it's been.
1: And I, and I think I totally agree. I totally agree. Like this, this is not, this has not been good enough, right? Because they're not winning games, but he can also still be learning and both of those things can be true. And I sure. think also with a young quarterback, that's another factor in this that's so, so important to understand. So is, is the standard, is the product on the field offensively the past two weeks what we've wanted? No, but they're playing good defenses with a young player, with a, with a group of, um offensive linemen that again like they're not the best o line in football have they and they've exceeded my expectations for the year which i know sounds insane but when you watch every play like i do you're like this is this is fine it's not good it's not terrible it's somewhere in that gray middle but understanding his growth understanding Sam's growth and how they kind of are tied together in conjunction with the offense and the whole i think is super important also it's tough man like when you when you are calling offenses against teams that aren't aren't the the Miami Dolphins or aren't the Dallas Cowboys things work better and so when you get that really pressured defense that's like really really good and you got to make changes um those are good those are good learning experiences as well so I I think I'm not trying to defend anybody I'm just saying like he's learning and like to my eye he's learning Sam is learning and this is the result
0: that that's ultimately where I want to end this before we get into the the five plays that we've pulled is like do you actually see progression? Because to me, this feels like a West Coast version of Scott's offense, right? Like Scott ran the Air Corial static offense. It seems like this year they are running the West Coast static offense. There's not the motions and the different formations and you know, obviously there there are some, but like it's not it's not as creative and not as as um schematically, yeah exactly dynamics the word i'm looking for and it doesn't move and shift in the way that miami's does week to week you know i know they're in year two instead of year one with mcdaniel there but like they they clearly are planning for the defense that they're going to face every week and it just feels like they go out they being commanders go out and run the same stuff every week and it works against bad defenses and it doesn't work against good defenses and that's not good enough in the league because the league is hard It's the best of the best, and you have to be more dynamic. And I just don't feel like, you know, we we say like, okay, he's got to have room to grow as a first-year play caller. My question is, do you actually see the growth? Because to my eye, I don't, but my eye isn't as advanced and nuanced as yours.
1: Yeah, and I, I I would agree with that assessment in large part, right? but I also know that I don't have access to all the information, which is why I'm Mm. always a little bit tentative to kind of make a declarative statement. When I'm watching it, I'm like, this feels very, it feels like what you described. It feels like I'm calling what I want to call and I'm not, I'm just calling a system, right? That's what it looks like to me. Now he might be doing stuff that I don't see that that's beyond me in terms of prep, in terms of what's happening on the practice field or what's happening in the meeting room. And also like, I think in the plays that we reviewed, because we're going to talk about five plays, but I basically sent you almost every drop back pass that I could last night. And there are times where you're like, if Sam is in year two or three, and he steps up and he handles this pressure a little bit better, there's open throws here, if, and if he anticipates throws better, and if he's right. and if his growth is a little bit better, or if the O
0: line can hold on longer, correct, or receiver so, uncovers faster,
1: and so that's where it's like, where what who takes responsibility for that? Who takes responsibility for the fact that when you're watching this offense, the receivers don't separate one play. The protection's not there one play. Sam doesn't step up one play. Sam doesn't anticipate one play. And I'm not saying those plays by Sam are easy plays. They're not. They're they're advanced football plays that I expect good quarterbacks to make. But is that realistic? Is that a realistic expectation of a first-year play caller? And I would say probably not in most cases. So, EB's got a vision for the offense. There are times with the clicker in your hand where you say, man, there's something here. Is that a realistic expectation for that player behind this offensive line with this set of skill position players is my question. And then if it's not, what can I do to elevate those decisions down in and down out? And there are times this year you've seen that. You've seen him elevate Sam. And then there are other times, and I think the last couple of weeks, you've seen Sam elevate the offense. And so that shouldn't be the case. It should be the coordinator elevating the play, the, the, the signal caller, the quarterback, the the unit. And I think that's that's something that's really hard for me to, to say because I don't like being critical of coordinators. But to your point, it does look very similar and very straightforward. And yeah. again, I would t- need to talk to EB about that and get clarification on his perspective on it. But to my eye, that's what it looks like.
0: Right. And we should also say this is not all on Eric. Um position coaches can help in some of this 100%. stuff too, where like there's details that get missed and we'll get into that uh in just a moment. Take a man podcast. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Uh, we won't see you this weekend, but make sure next weekend you join us at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor. Uh, we won't see anybody this weekend, Logan, because it's it's the bye week. There's no pregame show this weekend. <laughs> uh, you had you had a confused look on your face for a moment.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait, why? No, it's fine. I I I put that one together. I know I'm not a smart man, but on this one I had it. So
0: you uh you are a smart man. Uh, so that's, uh, two weeks from now, one o'clock, uh, we will be at tap sports bar, which is always really fun to come, um, and watch the games. Uh, we're, we're there at tap sports bar during that one o'clock as They'll play the Rams at four. Uh, so that's coming up in a few weeks right now though we're gonna do something that we've never quite done before which is we've got film up in front of us and we are going to break down five plays that we think illustrate some of the problems that the washington offense is having i mean really they illustrate all of the problems because there's so many different things on all of these plays where if one guy does something better you could have a big play and sometimes it's if three guys did something better, but it's going to help illustrate, uh, some of Sam's shortcomings in this game where perhaps better play design could have helped some of Terry's issues in terms of the production and some of them self-imposed, some of them imposed by others. And yes, the offensive line not having a great time. Uh, so we cannot share the film clips, unfortunately with you on YouTube. So what I will do is say, if you have NFL game pass, this play starts at 1426 of the file, um, Logan, you probably have the actual timestamp in the game in front of you, yeah. uh, because because that's how Game Pass works, and I actually don't know the quarter time down distance, but in the hour six minute. Uh, and 51 <laughs> fi- uh, video file. Game, this is uh, this is 1426 in game. Uh, game pass is a wacky bit, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I believe this was a third and three, uh, in the oh, first yeah. quarter. This is the uh, first uh,
1: quarter, uh, two minutes and 22 seconds in the uh, from the end of the first quarter.
0: So we got a bunch down to the right. Uh, Sam is in the gun. Uh, Antonio Gibson is, is offset to his left, and then Logan Thomas is isolated, uh, just inside the numbers to the left. of so, the formation
1: let's talk about this real quick i love the pre-snap i love this get the tight end away get the back away get the three receivers to the field right this is great man zone indicator for the quarterback it's awesome so this is talk about ev trying to help out here this is a good example of this this is something that he uses pretty consistently so even from the pre-snap coordinators can help guys out the problem is is as this play goes there are a bunch of issues and we can talk about those as we let the play run here
0: Yes, so uh, upon the snap, One thing that caught my eye is down at the bunch, Terry McLaurin gets caught up behind Jahan Dotson. So Byron Pringle is the guy at the top of the bunch and he does a great job busting it out. And in all honesty, this is where this ball should probably go. It's kind of a deep over route uh, or an angle route. What would you call that Logan?
1: Yeah, I'd call it an angle. And again, it it depends on the terminology, but essentially you're going to get drive here. So drive to me, and this could also be considered um, like old school, shallow cross, but we'll call it drive for this instance. So Logan Thomas is going to run a 14-yard in-cut, and Terry's going to run across the field. So basically you're going to get a high-low. Usually in the drive concept, the back, who's offset to the quarterback's left, is going to run up and run a burst to the right. Here he swings out to the left, and Jahan, who's in the bunch, replaces the burst in terms of spacing, and you're going to get a nice triangle. You're going to get Terry, Logan at the apex of the triangle, and then Jahan on the far side of the triangle. So you get this nice three-pronged element when you run drive. However, I think one of the elements of this that I really like is in Kansas City, they don't run just straight drive, which would have a post coming on the outside. Instead, because they've got those guys in a tight bunch close to the offensive line, Byron Pringle runs this angle route, essentially replacing the grass that would be occupied by the post. And it's a really beautiful play. So when Logan Thomas runs the dig, the corner should attach and sit to the dig, and there should be a big space over the top in this cover three structure match. So when you play match, it's going to look a lot like man. And that's what it does. And so Byron Pringle, as the play runs, comes open around the far hash, which is really great. And you kind of say to yourself, if this, this this is the, this is the underlying issue, all the underneath stuff in this coverage. And so the four underneath routes, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and the back are covered. However, Byron Pringle is running open to grass. And, the question I have for you, Craig, and the question that I asked at pretty anybody anybody who would listen is, is this a reasonable throw for him to make to this open receiver when any, everything else is covered given the protection he's getting from the offensive line?
0: And therein lies the problem. Uh, what winds up happening is he tries to hit Terry. As he's getting hit, uh, it falls pretty harmlessly incomplete. Uh, but on the protection side of it, as we watch the end zone angle, what you see is something that I started to notice yesterday and i'm surprised i've never noticed this before and yeah. i'd be curious to watch to talk to someone like mark bullock who watches every snap um obviously we, we've talked about it um to kime and see if they've noticed this when sam drops back he seems to kind of fall to his right um a bunch and that that tends to take him out of some of the the cleaner pockets um this one is is not as bad um but chris paul just loses um but at the same time perhaps sam has room to step up I think the question is, and get back to your question, is when does that happen? If yep. Sam throws this when he hits his back foot, is Byron Pringle open? So if he drops back. If the ball's out, as we're watching it here, um, and the pocket's still clean enough, he's he's going to wind up getting people at his feet, and maybe he senses that, because that loss is coming from Chris Paul. There's already a little bit of an angle. He might feel that color, that flash of white sure. coming across. Um and and we can see Pringle right here. Those are his feet. Yes. Um, he's not at that far hash. <clears throat> he's still at the near hash. And I think that safety over the top is still probably a little worrisome at that point. If he can take that hitch and know that Pringle clears him, I think he's got to make that throw. I was going to um, say
1: so. so you, just so you know what I'm looking at here. Yeah, this you asked about timing. To me, drive is is from the gun. It would be like three three to four steps in the drop. Probably yeah. three. And then a hitch so you need that hitch for the timing my question would be is could he have got to the top of his his drop and then stepped up with the hitch to throw the football now two guys lose on this play i think chris paul's loss is pretty quick now chris paul had a rough game i'm gonna you know i I like chris paul i think he's a good football player he's physical he's got a lot of Day at the office he didn't have a great day today right also though if he let's say for example chris paul is the only loss i do think Mm -hmm. sam could step up but I think Larson also gets tripped up late in the down and Chris Wilkins is also closing the pocket. So I do think it takes away the opportunity for the three-step and the hitch. And then because like we talked about, Miami matched the drive concept so well, there's really nowhere to go with the football, right? In terms of the timing that he's being presented with.
0: Right. And so the other part of this in terms of the shallow, which is which, hopefully is an easy completion to Terry McLaurin and on a third and three probably gets you the first down, why isn't that available and what you see is something that i think goes back to some of the details and maybe the position coaching that we're hinting at which is terry winds up running into jahan um it's it's a brush by but they make a little bit of contact on the release and i initially thought that when i watched this the first time uh that it might have been jahan being a little too slow watch it back no that's on that's on terry to make sure that he's not gonna have this happen and he winds up being really slow getting into the route um and for you you looked at this and immediately said you don't like where he is pre-snap and and to me i wonder like receivers coach and we talk about eric Bieniemy's role in this yeah. like obviously eb's got something to say but like could a receivers coach or terry executing what the receivers coach said um have helped this play out and, and maybe you don't get the big shot to pringle but does terry become available underneath
1: yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's tough because I think when you're playing this match coverage and they do a really good job of it. I mean, Miami did an excellent job all game of it. Guys are staying home. Guys are taking stuff away. What, what I would say is that in this release pattern, if you are asking John Jahan excuse me, to arc release, now I think Jahan could be quicker too. I don't think it's just Terry. But one thing that I always remember in talking with Sean and Kyle and these these coordinators is like get to where you need to run the route. So like Terry's really up in the bunch, just take a half step back so that i can take a straight line right off right through jahan's feet and get into the route now so that might not help that might not help terry get open but i think it creates horizontal dispersion in the defense in a way that could potentially help logan come open because if terry shows up quicker and 55 vacates that picture there is a soft spot there potentially for logan now Again, they're doing a good job matching it. The other plug player is pushing through to Logan, so that window's very cloudy. But let's say, for example, you get this horizontal dispersion quicker in the down. So basically right at the drop, Terry and Logan are almost stacked, which is not great for this concept. Yeah. But if if Sam gets a, the hitch, Terry's a little bit wider, he can see it quicker that it's not there and probably throw the ball to Jahan on the swirl if he wanted to, right? If, if, if he's trying to work the underneath concept. So I think that's where that level of detail in this stuff becomes really apparent because like, you know, we talked about, is it EB? Is it the, but to me, that's a, the devil's in the detail there. The protection wasn't great. And we had a loss by Chris Paul and, yep. and we didn't detail up our splits and we didn't detail up the release. And so that makes that takes a beat. And in that beat, we don't get the distribution we want in the route. Now, Byron Pringle is open. No doubt. He's open yeah. on this play. But I do think the protection needs to be better. And if the route distributes more quickly, I can, Sam can see it instead of having to kind of work this crazy anticipatory, you know, throw to Byron Pringle or, and the the more I look at it, the more that point you bring up about the release getting a little bit muddy, I think is really valid because again, if he is two yards wider, Sam can say right now, I don't like this concept. Let me get to Jahan if the protection were to hold up, which I think is also very, very important.
0: The other question I'd have, um, often in like uh, cross field routes, man, you go, zone, you sit. Does yeah. Terry need to sit this down? Like, is so that, that something that's in in this uh, concept?
1: Yeah, but he, again, like if he's gonna, so think about it. Anytime you're gonna sit, like so the co- the coaching point that we used to get on drive or shallow crosses or whatever this route is called in this offense, is to get to the opposite ghost tight end. So if you look at Terry, like he needs to vacate that space, even if it is zone, to open up the dig for Logan Thomas, right? So Mm -hmm. the other thing is like uh, because of how they match this, I would play this as man. This is So again, match coverage to a receiver, even though the guy right over you isn't isn't in man coverage, he's not chasing you, the way he's going to pick you up is going to feel like man. So I got to vacate zones. Get out of there, clear that zone out open up the dig like I said the plugger matches the dig if the plugger matches the dig then Jahan's open on the swirl coming back the problem is none of that gets there
0: because the protection is not very good right so hierarchy of needs protection uh that would be that would be good uh unfortunately that is the reality of that play kind of a little bit of everyone which is why we just spent a long time on it Okay, so next play is uh, on your Game Pass timestamp 1931. Uh, so this is still in the second quarter. I believe this is in the two-minute situation, Logan, and it's going to be a Sam Howell sack. Uh, Terry motions out of a bunch. Uh, now you got two by two, two uh, stacks, or I guess quasi stacks, um, on either side of the formation. You got a little play action fake to Brian Robinson, and then and then things go awry.
1: Yeah. And so to me, this is, this is shallow cross. So the other one was drive, which is a basic now shallow cross is just a little bit different. You're going to get a 10 yard sit and then a drive across the formation. And so here again, I would say, what's up with our splits? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause if you look at this, if you look at this play, look at the distribution, when Sam's at the top of his drop, Terry should be clearing that plug player right he should be over in that grass he should vacate that zone so you can throw the sit or throw it to terry however after the motion terry is a probably a little bit too wide for my blood right he's too wide it takes him too long to show up curtis is also too wide right if you watch miami run this concept any like kyle shanahan disciple here they're going to tighten down probably by like a yard and a half maybe two yards on either side so that this shows up more quickly because again this concept works through horizontal distri- distribution of the defense. I do not get horizontal distribution of the defense the way I want it if I'm too wide with my splits, okay? So that's one element, right? And it makes it really muddy for Sam because the, the concept hasn't cleared yet. So if the concept had cleared, I could easily see that they blanketed this thing, right? Which is fine. Shallow cross, you could get blanketed. I actually think that if, if Terry runs through here a little bit more quickly, he throws the ball to Curtis, you don't even think twice about it. However, yeah. and also
0: you got Logan on this t- or is that Bates someone. Tied I think in. it's Logan, but that's what I was about uh, to say on though. This top side
1: yeah. is if that concept clears more quickly, it declares more quickly. I can then more quickly as the quarterback work to Bates or work to Logan Thomas here on the hitch. Right, that's part of the progression. Right, that's part of what's happening here. And also, um, yeah. So I think that that to me is is kind of the main thing. Is again, we got to show up in the context and timing of the quarterback's drop. So that doesn't really happen here. Right they're stacked completely at the top of the drop. So even yep. if he takes a hitch, which he does, they're still stacked. And that, to me, that's on the receiver distribution.
0: Right. Uh, and actually it's Cole Turner was the tight end because, oh, sorry. you know, of course, of course uh, it's where we, we say two and it's the third <laughs> one. Um, the other thing is, so I noticed this yesterday when I was watching this uh, on the Fox replay because um, they had kind of the sky cam of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you watch from the end zone angle, um, it is actually, sorry, this play is early in the second quarter. It actually might be the first play of the second quarter. Um, as Sam takes a shotgun drop, he gives this little token fake to, to Brian Robinson, fine, whatever. But as he drops back, he fades to his right. And what happens here is the pocket is about a yard to, like, the middle of the pocket is Correct. a yard to Sam's left. Now, is this a great rep by Andrew Wiley? No. He gives up some some ground. He gets bowled a little bit. Um, but what happens is as Sam fades to his right, he becomes literally within an arm's reach of the defensive end. And if he's a yard to his left, he's not within reach. And he might have a chance to get this ball out. And I don't know if that's intentional. Like this is supposed to be a half roll and maybe, or not a half roll. Like there's supposed to be a little bit of a fade and, and Wiley needs to be way more stout. But if he's over here instead of where he is, I don't think this sack happens or at the very least he has a better chance to move and a little bit more time to to potentially get rid of this football but his footwork in the pocket potentially becomes a fatal part of this play on top of the things that you already talked about on the receiver end of it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Cause he ends up over the guard. Right. And you really would rather like rather him kind of be straight up the hash as opposed to feathering to the outside edge of the hash. So I think that's a huge element like pocket awareness. Right. And that's something that we've talked about with Sam in terms of something that he needs to improve at is pocket awareness and anticipatory throws. Right here. I do think two things can help out one, if the receivers show up more quickly even if he takes a bad drop i think he's got a throw here right look how long it takes the receivers i mean look at the play right now it takes the receivers such a long time to get where they're going and then that issue is then magnified by sam not taking a great drop and feathering towards wiley because i think this is actually okay by wiley it's not great but this is right. a this is good enough if sam's right in the middle here I think we're okay, and so I think it's it's kind of it shows you how important everything is offensively, the timing and the splits of the receivers, their ability to show up and clear and declare this concept, so so critical, and then Sam maximizing the space in the pocket, I think is also a huge element,
0: absolutely. So. All right, let's, uh, let's look at another one where the protection uh, prevents a potentially big play, but also let's look at those details again. Uh, in your game pass timestamps, 21-minute mark, this is the shot to Terry McLaurin. It's the uh, plus 34-yard line. You get a little play-action fake. You get Terry, who's split wide right on a post, uh, and or it's kind of a skinny post. He, he stays it pretty, pretty straight ahead. Uh, and then you have this high cross by Jahan Dotson that's going to come open. Unfortunately, there is immediate pressure here, Logan.
1: Yeah, and so I I really like the call here. You're on the 35-yard line, a little bit of a play-action fake. And first off, excellent job by Sam. Like, holy cow, the fact you're able to get this ball down the field in any capacity is a tremendous testament to your A, your toughness, and B, your arm strength. So great job by Sam. Let's first and foremost say that, like, holy cow. Because basically what happens on the backside of this protection is this is a play-action protection, but it's got – It looks like it's got drop-back principles. And what I mean by that, so in a play-action pass, usually you would be blocking the run, like the same rules of the run. So if i got outside zone, I'm blocking outside zone. If i got duo, I'm blocking duo. Here, this looks like a five-man pro with chip help by the tight ends. And so in their five-man pro rules, Leno, Leno, if you were just blocking it straight up and you had the five guys lined up on the line of scrimmage, he would block the defensive end. But if he gets any B-gap pressure, at least to my eye, he's got to squeeze this. And he doesn't squeeze it. And so that ends up with a free runner to the quarterback. Now, I don't know exactly the protection call, so I might be wrong. I'm just basing it off my experience, what I've seen in the past, right? Like he should squeeze this protection. They might have different rules versus five-man. I don't know for sure, but just basing on my experience. So if you get this blocked up, like right now, Sam is forced to throw this ball to Terry. He's he's just kind of like throwing up a prayer. And I right. do think, as difficult as this catch should be in this game, I think I would just say Terry.
0: I would, I would love Terry to make this catch, right. or the very there least, draw a pi.
1: There, I I'm with that. And I, again, it's a we it's a tough catch. Yeah, I couldn't make. I the think catch. Terry would love Terry to make this yes. catch. And I think he, it's a catch he's made in the past. And so if I'm the coach, I say, I get it. This is impossible. This is tough. But you've made impossible catches before. Let's help our young guy get right here and and help elevate the offense. So that's it. But I do think if Sam has a beat on this, Jahan Dotson is wide open on the high cross, running the grass. And to me, that's the thing that's it's so frustrating. It's the same exact play they ran against Atlanta and Jahan dropped the ball. Jahan's open. I think he catches this football. He might score a touchdown. So the other
0: thing too is this. You said this is supposed to be a post by Terry. It, like uh,
1: probably. So the way it's I like, would characterize this, it's yeah. probably a what I would call like a. It's not a chase, but it's like an angle. It's like a high angle pylon. It looks like he's trying to run it back to the pylon. The way I would characterize it. So I know the middle of the field is wide open here for Terry, but I think he's bending it back to the pylon of the end zone. You see
0: yeah. that. Yeah, no, I see that now. Because I was going to say, the other thing, too, is if Sam has time to, like, dot Terry with this, because he he has a little bit of separation. Howard's right there. This is a heck yeah. of a play by Xavier Howard, and we should definitely give credit to him. But, like, if, if Sam can throw Terry a post and Terry can make that adjustment, he's got him beat. Yeah. As opposed to, like, a ball straight over the top, which is this impossible catch that we're asking Terry to make.
1: Yeah, and so I think... Um... But again, I or think you this, just hit Jahan on the high cross. Yeah. This is a pylon route based on how Terry's running it. So it's kind of tough to make this throw. It's yeah. the same route that um, Tyreek that, Hill uh, Tyree, Tyree the touchdown on. Yeah. 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 But to me, the throw is to the high cross. But I think because it's not, he can't see it. He's just like, get the ball out of my hand. I trust Terry. He's down there somewhere. And yeah. it just shows you how important the protection is because this, this should be. Either an explosive play, explosive chunk to Jahan, like no doubt in my mind, Jahan catches this and maybe scores a touchdown, but he can't yeah. get through his progression, and that's where the offensive line um, um and it's not a physical mistake like it was with Chris Paul early in the game. It's a mental it's a mental mistake, seemingly, by Leno. And I would and I don't want to like crucify Leno for this. I need to ask him, but just based on what it looks like to me, that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, um, it definitely looks like that, um, and it's one of those two where you, you'd hope that even you can make your guys right. Like let's say Chris Paul, who was supposed to—he's the one who made the mental mistake—and you know Leno was supposed to take that wide rusher who drops out in Bradley Chubb. Um, you see a guy coming straight for your quarterback, and your dude uh, dropped out. Let's maybe go hit him as opposed to just kind of playing tag as, as he goes by. To the two-minute we go, and Logan, we mentioned earlier in the pod, there are some plays that Miami ran in this game that they execute and, and are able to get big plays on that Washington runs, and they, they do not get anything out of. Uh, this is actually one of them. Uh, so you have a bunch down to the left side of the formation. Uh, Terry McLaren is isolated, single receiver, uh, out wide to the right. Uh, back is Antonio Gibson. He's to the right of Sam and Shotgun. And Terry is going to come Wide open on the backside of a dig here. And it's a play that, on I believe a third and 12 earlier in the game, yeah. uh, Tua just rips a ball to Jalen Waddle with great anticipation. And Miami converts a third and long. Uh, Tua, by the way, I think was like seven of seven to start this game on third down. It was gross. Crazy. Um, yeah. But what happens here for Washington if they don't get the same result?
1: Yeah. So they're basically running like what I would call, I guess this is like pylon or scissors, whatever you want to call it. So basically, you get a corner, like a high corner. Uh, sit underneath the whole underneath coverage, and then a clear out by the number one receiver on the bunch side. And so Miami does a really good job of matching it. And when you, again, we're going to kind of use this play to talk a little bit about the defense. When we, when the commanders run the same defense, it's quarters in both instances. The commander's running quarters, Miami's running quarters, right? They match the concept really well to the front side. Tua sees it, pulls the ball down, resets and gets the backside dig. This is something that I would I would just be curious. The second you see the coverage kind of floating this way in quarters, I think understanding that the backside dig is going to be open is something that maybe a more experienced player gets to, right? Like Drew Brees used to check the pylon knowing in quarters I'm hitting the backside dig. And I think like this is an opportunity where like maybe some of Terry's frustrations are validated because I think the pocket here is pretty good. If Sam just steps up, resets, and gets to number two, which I'm assuming is the back, He might be number three because the breed's probably the out to the corner to the dig. And and I just think he doesn't get to the dig. He gets a little bit flustered, gets a little bit anxious. um, And I think it does too much in the pocket. Those kind of subtle athletic movements in the pocket, I think are so important for elevating the offensive line, but also keeping your base so you can throw the football. So when people say step up, I see a lot of people say, oh, he's got to step up, he's got to step up. And when you climb too aggressively that it augments your base and it augments your footwork, I can't get to that third element. I can't get to the dig, which would be a big play. And now I this is a two-minute situation. Maybe he's thinking, let's get out of bounds. I don't know exactly what he's thinking, but I do think if you're just reading this straight out, we got to be able to kind of step up in the pocket, get to the backside dig.
0: Yeah. I'll, I mean, the corner's not not open here either. If it's no, in rhythm with no. anticipation. I mean, the problem is, you know, again, he takes a little bit of pressure that he probably could have avoided if he had just stepped up. Um, but instead, he kind of runs up in the pocket. He throws the ball way out of bounds and he gets smashed by Van Ginkle. So yeah. all in all, uh, not, not the most fun time he's ever had in the pocket. Um, but if you're Terry, I think, again, and this this is also, like, I wonder the coaching points. And this is not me criticizing and saying, like, I know for a fact that they're doing a terrible job of this. I truly wonder, like, if I'm EB, can I coach this to be like, hey, I know the sexy stuff is over here, but that's our best player. We really want that backside dig. So I want you to look and give an earnest look to this three wide receiver side. Um, and if something pops wide open, by all means, throw it. But yeah. no, you're really trying to get to this backside dig. And that feels like, you know, we talk about the, the Drew Brees stuff. He knew that, and I'm sure he and Sean Payton would put Michael Thomas or whoever over there, yeah. whoever the best receiver was at the time, to make sure that they got their guy a touch, and, and Brees knew, like, yeah, this, this frontside stuff is cool, but what we're really doing is opening up this backside dig.
1: And it's like the Jimmy Graham special, if you think back. Jimmy Graham ran C's yeah, and yeah, backside yeah, yeah. digs, right? Or Marcus Colston is this guy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's exactly how you would coach it. You'd say like the the idea is that the read takes you there, right? You say if I don't like one and two, which is the high low, the corner, the out, then I'm working the dig. And I think that's something where you see his inexperience in terms of progression, right? He's not he has not shown a great proclivity so far this season to get through a progression at a super high level like this. And now we don't know how it's being coached, but again, the other thing I would just turn to is like fundamentally when you step up the way he steps up, I, you can't get there. Like you just, you, you can't get your body there. You can't get the arm there. Like I know he's very physically gifted and a lot of quarterbacks now can do that kind of stuff. But I would say just give yourself an opportunity with good fundamentals and good technique to read this out. Cause like you said, the corner, is there. I think if he makes a good, it's it'll be a tough throw, you know, but I think the corner is there, but I think because of how he steps up and how he moves in the pocket, it makes it very, very challenging for him to be successful on this down. And this is, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. It's like, yes, there is pressure, but what if I just subtly kind of scoot it up here in the pocket, like power slid up here.
0: And then if he slides and keeps his base underneath him and throws it right now, you can see that corner is there.
1: And then if you don't like it, then you got the dig. And I think that's what I would say there. That's that's where you see some of Sam's immaturity. And the, he's a young player. He's going to be immature in certain th- situations. Right. Like He's not Drew Brees. There's a reason for that, right? So that's what I would – this is one of those plays where it's like the protection's pretty good, the route concept's good, the timing's pretty good. We just can't get there in a way that's that's appropriate for the down
0: right um and like is there a little bit of pressure yes but it's it's easily avoidable pressure because it's coming around kind of the back side of the pocket where if you right. slide up like your your o-line's in good, good and shape. again
1: that, that's that's where it's one of those ones where we talked about a little bit with the first one where you know like what's the expectation and this one feels a little like the, the first one he would have had to do something heroic this one right. feels a little bit more realistic to me like 100%. get a good slide up good c- climb the pocket effectively and then throw the football
0: Yeah, it's the NFL. You're not going to have clean pockets all day. Um, So how do you, how do you operate within that? Um, And I'd say like, that's something that I think when we do our longer, like season long, Sam Howell tape breakdown at some point over this bye week you know, is he progress Like, is he doing the good stuff more often than he was earlier in the year? Cause I think that's an important data point. There's definitely a lot of stuff that he is, um, but kind of what, with what consistency and if you're the next GM and the next head coach, like what does that tell you about what he can continue to grow in and who he can be? That brings us to our last play, uh, about forty-five thirty in your Game Pass log here. Uh, so, Logan, we got uh, three receivers set. Uh- Curtis Samuels, or is that Dotson, uh, split out to the left. Uh, Curtis in the slot. Terry's split out wide right. Chris Rodriguez in the backfield. This plays under center. You also got a tight end uh, to the left side of the formation. And what happens? Red zone situation.
1: Yeah, red zone. So they do a little bit of play action. This looks like pass, I don't know what they would call it, maybe 14 duo, something like that, you know, backs in the gun. And they're running, uh, because it's pass, they're going to run dig to the front side here. Shallow cross with a dig and uh what i would call dagger and i'm sure you recognize this as dagger too craig and this is one where i'm like this deep dig like when you watch tua in this game he's thrown with such great anticipation and this is one where i'm like is this an anticipatory throw that is completed again if you slide up with good fundamentals in the pocket and trust that as this shallow cross and that's another one too like the more you watch these plays the more stuff you see what is the timing of this shallow cross for jahan like, that's another one. Like, if I am running as fast as I can, like, my life depends on it to get to this far hash, like, see how high he is? Run
0: mm-hmm. a little bit
1: shallower, clear all this stuff out, open this window up so that as Terry is, that's, that this ball can go down the near hash as opposed to towards the middle of the field. I think that's one, like, a detail again that I would say, like, get on your horse, Jahan, clear that window up. But again, still, I think the the, the main feedback applies here. Ken Sam, anticipate this throw to the dig, um, off of one hitch would be my thought here.
0: Yeah. And the pocket definitely does not hold up here. Um, and and there is a a weird protection, uh, situation that happens, but if Sam get the ball out then the protection probably doesn't get home so what happens in the protection here you got like a green dog situation yeah uh, so a green dog blitz is when if you're a linebacker let's say uh let's call you David Long Jr uh, number 51 for the Dolphins <laughs> yeah and you have cool. a, a running back in or a tight end in man to man and that guy stays in a protect you become a blitzer and that's right. exactly what happens here and that's the guy who ultimately gets the sack
1: Right. Yeah, there's so, a lot that happens before that. Right. So th- this is kind of a tough uh, tough look here because I think, like again, I don't know the protection, but I'm assuming that it's some type of duo protection. So that would mean that the two inside double teams between Leno, Chris Paul, and um, Tyler and Sam Cosme are working towards the two inside linebackers. It's four down with two linebackers. They're working to those guys. The back has the strong safety or the nickel player to the left of the screen. And so that's what he does. And then if the, if the nickel player doesn't come, I'm assuming the back helps the tight end out because that's usually what the rule is, right? The that's problem exactly is what
0: happens back helps the tight end. The problem is then that leaves David long to a uh, hmm. green dog.
1: And so to me, I don't understand like where the eye discipline is here for these double teams because David long tears out of there. So if they are going to that player, they should be accounting for him with their vision. And if they are accounting for the accounting for him with the vision, then I would say, it gets a little too thick on the double. Now it's a tough look. I'm not saying it's an easy look. It's a little bit weird. The timing's off with the green dog, all that kind of stuff. But like this, if that if that guy is accounted for by the back, 51, to me, that's a fundamental flaw with the protection because then the back can't help with the tight end. So I would assume the double teams got him, but I don't know for sure. So then I would say, Chris Paul, Charles Leno, what's your eye discipline supposed to be? Here? And again, I don't know the protection rules. It could be a full slide, if it's a full slide let's say it's like an, an r so everyone's sliding to protect their right gap then um then i would say this is fine and you're just beat by the green dog you're beat by the look
0: yeah because if it almost looks like chris paul's like looking he's like i don't know where that guy went um and leno never really even looks for him so i, I and but what could i would be say, because they're not supposed to or it could yeah, be but they what lost would, him, but what like we say, don't we don't know
1: You know, initially I thought it was a pass. It's like this pass and then it's a, it's a like you're, you're selling the run here. If you watch everyone's eyes, they're very conscientious of the gap to their right. And so a bait, a way to beat a full slide is you just overload the tight end in the back. And so, um, if this is a full slide, then the second this defensive end loops back out, bait should kind of stay home in that inside gap with vision of the linebacker and probably pick him up. So that's where like, again, full slides get a little bit dicey. Um, if you don't rep them a ton and again, this is a good look by them. And this is why the green dog hurts this look, but still the, the point we're, we're showing you this play is if Sam's able to hitch up John's a little bit quicker and doesn't run into the pocket, you see how he's running in. He's not sliding into the pocket,
0: Greg. He's going to get absolutely smashed in the face. If he steps up and like slides up and makes this throw, but it's a completion. In the but I don't, I don't like, know if
1: he does get smashed in the face. Like, if he just takes a hitch there and slides maybe. And throws it. But I,
0: I think Long comes up and kills him. Maybe. Um, but either way, like, he, he has time to get the ball out. And yeah. that's the NFL. Sometimes you get smashed in the face, but you hit a 20-yard dig, and it's to Terry, and we're not talking about – I mean, that's two digs to Terry that we've watched in the last couple of plays that Terry goes from zero catches, zero yards, to two catches, 40 yards. Nevertheless, a bunch of other plays that we could have shown. Sure. Yeah,
1: and again, like we're we're aware that these are challenging plays, and we already we talked about the detail. I I mean, three of those plays were detailing the receivers up a little bit just in terms of speed and and spacing. Um, And I think if if the speed and spacing is a little bit better there, he can probably for sure make that throw. Foot at the top, pitch up one and throw it. And I think long's too far away to make it. The problem is, I think to your point, Craig, is that because the timing they're stacked late in the down there, um, there was Jahan and Terry. That I have to almost take two hitches, and if I got to take two hitches, then I'm for sure getting smoked. Is is the thing? So it just shows you how important timing is, how important the fundamentals of movement in the pocket, and then anticipating throws. I think is another thing that I would just call attention to. And now was the protection great? I think that's that's another big theme from this game. The protection on all fronts was was rough this game. You know, like it was, it wasn't perfect. And so you're asking Sam to do a lot of elevating, which good quarterbacks do, but is he ready for that at this point in his career would be my question.
0: Right, Uh, you would love to insulate him a lot more and you see that in other great offenses with young quarterbacks around the league. Um, but they've also got different levels of O-line and, and, and all of that stuff. All right, hopefully that was illuminating for people in terms of how much can, uh, and in this case did go wrong on some of these offensive plays. Uh, we'll get into some of the defense on some other shows, um, you know, take fives, and obviously we'll get to it uh, more detailed as the bye week goes here. Uh, but that's it for today. We'll see you guys later in the week on Take Command.